Hey everyone, this is Gary Kay and welcome back to a pre-Infocom, another pre-Infocom edition of my Rants and Raids video cast where we're kind of celebrating and also getting excited about what's going to have happen in and around the show thanks to the program that Avixa has put together. And this is an example. We're going to talk to Dr. Jody Penrod uh, right now, uh, who is the CIO of all things at Marshall University. I could imagine, uh, first off, uh, Jody, uh, congratulations on... Uh, being now Dr. Jody Penrod and also on your role at uh, Marshall. I, I, welcome to Ransom Raves. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you. In your role, I mean, you've got to become, you kind of kind of be an, uh, an expert at a lot of different things. You're juggling a lot of things. You're juggling IT, you're juggling mm -hmm. AV, mm -hmm. and you're even juggling facilities pull on all those, uh, on, on all that. And you're juggling old gear, new gear, and just, the request from professors and administration to just keep things operating as inexpensively as possible. Did I wrap your job up pretty well? Pretty much. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, budget right now, especially with higher education trends, enrollment going down, it's always a challenge when you're trying to keep up with uh, technology innovation with a with you know a shoestring budget. But we're doing a great job, and you know we've got a new president and a lot of new administrators, so we're doing really cool things here at Marshall University. Well, you're at a great place. Uh, it's a very respected university, famous for many different things. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, one of the things that you're, and the reason why I want to talk to you today is to, 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 to bring uh, to the attention of my viewers uh, in the whole rave fan club, I guess you'd say, uh, all about the, 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 the sessions you're going to be teaching at Infocom. Uh, you have three different sessions. The first one is using classroom technology design to create an equitable hybrid learning experience. Now, as a, I happen to be a professor at the University of North Carolina, so I know exactly what you're talking about here, and this has become a big deal. Why don't you wrap this up and explain what you're going to talk about in this session? Sure. So a lot of, you know, as you mentioned, I recently uh, received my doctorate, and a lot of my research was around hybrid learning and how we could really use hybrid learning to increase access and inclusion for students. So the great thing about hybrid learning is it allows people to have more of that preference, more of that choice about where and when they want to learn. And so, you know, the classroom is really the foundation to how we do that. And technology is key, as you know. So yep. a lot of what we're going to talk about is how we can attract even more students into our higher education institutions using hybrid learning and, and, you know, allowing those students to thrive and be successful in an environment where before it wasn't really necessarily built for that. And when we think about inclusivity and accessibility, we're really thinking about universal design because not only is it good for, uh, you know, students that may have some sort of impairment, but it's also good for other students. You know, it's good for all of us to have yeah. inclusive um, inclusivity and accessibility built into our classroom technology designs. So I'm really yeah. excited to have that conversation with everyone and talk about that. It's a it's a passion project of mine, and I'm excited. Well, you know, you bring up a good point because you have people with neurodiversity. You have people mm -hmm. that just can't make it to class because of right. uh, doctor's appointments. or But you also have athletes that are having to miss class because they're traveling. You also have students that just don't feel like going to class that day. And right. they have that guilt between staying in their dorm room and sleeping an extra hour versus missing class or, or attending class. With a hybrid experience, you can solve a lot of those problems. You can't make this, you can't make it exactly the same, but man, can we, we can make it a whole lot better, which really is, uh, I mean, it's allowed universities and re really you, I would agree. Uh, I would hope you would agree that 
that the university community is really a pioneer for the future of the business, don't you think, with, with yeah. what we're doing with hybrid classrooms? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you just think about the workforce these days. And I think I recently heard a statistic that now 80% of the jobs posted online have the or jobs searched online have have the word remote in front of them. So we're really teaching students how to learn and how to be effective team members in a hybrid environment, which I think just sets them up for that, you know, for remote working anyways. I know that I would have been much more successful as a student had I had the option for uh, remote or hybrid learning, you know, I might've attended more of those 8 a.m. classes. So I think our jobs as higher education technologists and as administrators is to really set our students up for success. I mean, they're investing a lot of their time and money into our institutions. And I think we should do everything we can to make it a, a successful venture for them. It's interesting. We could do a whole podcast on this because I see a lot of different directions we could go with this. I mean, you even you could even look at it from the standpoint of the professors. The schools would be able to get better professors that aren't tied to right. being in the classroom every Tuesday, Thursday, or every Monday, Wednesday, if they could still have their professional, more right. adjunct accessibility. Uh, and then you also have the side of... Um, of creating different levels of hybrid environments, depending on, you know, even, even labs, like we mm -hmm. have the ability to turn labs into hybrid and still be successful. I'm curious, your second session that you're doing at Infocom and uh, Infocom 2023, which is just uh, right around the corner here in Orlando, mm -hmm. what is broadcasting for educational environments? Are you talking about in-house broadcasting or are you talking about then we take the content from the classroom and stream it across the campus or the internet? Which, which one of those are you talking about? So, so there's, this is an interesting one. So in my previous job, I was working for um, Ohio University's Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine. Mm -hmm. And so what we did there was we created what we called a, a multi-site sort of campus. So we had one, you know, clinical faculty are very hard to come by and they're expensive. And we yeah. had three different campuses worth of students. So what we did was we created an environment where, you know, the clinical instructor might be in Athens, Ohio, streaming that content to um, okay. to Dublin or to Cleveland. So basically what we did is we grew our students by threefold. However, we kept our faculty hiring down by like no more than 14% growth when we opened two more campuses. So there's a really a lot, there's a lot of different potential that you can Oh yeah, really leverage by broad using broadcast technology. And that's just one use case. I mean, there's so many different use cases out there where where it becomes really interesting. And especially in this hybrid learning environment, you know, the thing about it is, is that people still really, they like to learn in person and they like to re learn remotely. And it's just going to be based on, you know, sometimes it's based on how they're feeling that day, like you said, or, yeah. um, you know, they might have a, a mental health issue that day or a neurodivergency, things like that. So it's about really meeting the students where they are. I feel like that's a buzz phrase these days. I don't but it's know true. I mean, you're, you're exactly, yeah. it's, it is a buzz phrase, but it's very true. Yeah. And then you do, you turn that on the flip side and you think about how you can recruit better faculty or better yeah. teachers, not necessarily tied to where the university is or a certain location, because, you know, right now we're in Huntington, West Virginia, we're in Appalachia. It's harder to find people that are willing to move to this area you know, from as compared to other areas, but yeah. we can still leverage um, those types of people. I know it when I was at Ohio University, we had an osteopathic physician that called in from and taught a class from Germany, and he was a, a renowned German doctor. So it just really opens up the doors for all different kinds of instruction, and it, it allows the students to have experiences that they normally wouldn't have. 
right off the top, you mentioned that uh, enrollment's going down at university. This also breaks the bo- barrier, the borders uh, for, for private universities specifically. Public, it's a little more difficult because we can't go beyond the, the boundaries of our state in many cases. But for private universities, you know, the boundaries are endless if you're mm-hmm. able to bring that content out. And so you can have students all around the world on the flip side of you talking about a professor uh, being around the world. And I'm guessing that your trend forecast, your third session um, for learning spaces is going to talk about not just the technology there, but also the applications and how they're changing and how that changes room design. Right. I mean, you know, I'm constantly thinking about this, right? So the room is really the foundation of all things hybrid, especially if you're in a hybrid learning environment. Now, bringing in online and um, asynchronous is a completely different story. But the classroom really is the foundation of teaching. So, you know, thinking about innovative ways that we can do universal design of classrooms is, I think, going to be the next hot topic of how do we design these classrooms to really be um, accessible and inclusive to, to many different people. In addition to that, it's really using these, using AI or using VR and AR into your classroom and incorporating those different modalities to really make the experience very interesting for the student and keeping up with the technology that we have coming down the coming down the pike. I know that I don't know how we're going to do it, but right now, you know, chat GPT is all the things we're talking about here at Marshall University. So how does that incorporate into the classroom learning environment at some point? Um, so there's just and some of these things are free. Like yeah, absolutely. Some absolutely. of this is free. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the classroom changes. I, you know, COVID, what COVID did for us was really accelerated this industry uh, leaps and bounds. And I think, you know, there's no turning back now. It's just keep moving forward. I 100% agree. Well, the all three of these sessions are going to be worth uh, attending. I hope that people will sign up. You can click on the links included with the description of this video cast. You can also just do a search of Jody's name and, I'm sh- and put Infocom afterward. It'll pop up. Um, Dr. Jody Penrod, isn't that cool to hear? Congratulations on uh, your PhD. Uh, well deserved. Uh, that's a lot of work. I know what it takes to get a PhD. That's Thank a tremendous you. amount of work. And, um, you know, uh, congratulations on your role at uh, Marshall University. And I'm excited to hear how the sessions go at Infocom. And I encourage you all to attend. If you're in the higher education space, K through 12 space, or even in the corporate learning space, these are sessions that you should consider uh, because you're going to be affected by these issues. Um, I really appreciate your time and attention to this, Jody. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for Infocom. It's always my favorite show of the year. And I think that they've really done a great job. Avix has done a great job of increasing the amount of uh, higher education sessions in the last few years. So super, super excited to see everybody there. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Of course, you could check out Avixa at avixa.org. Infocom, the show, everything about Infocom is at infocomshow.org. So check it all out. We got a lot more to cover between now and the show, which is the second week of June. Uh, You can see all of our coverage at raypubs.com slash infocom.